The following episode was recorded before March 2024, and while the content shared is valuable and useful, it features Rob, who is no longer involved in the business. Hey, it's Rob and Kennedy. Hello. Today on the Email Marketing Show, we're talking to the Melissa Litchfield about email metrics for your product launch, what to look for, what not to look for, and what the fuck it all means. Now, before we dive into this amazing conversation, we've got something we would love to give you completely for free. One of the things we love to talk about is inc- increasing the click-through rate, getting more people to click to more of your offers so that more people can buy more frequently. So we put together a really cool free resource called Click Tricks. It's full of 12 super creative ways that you can get more clicks from every single email that you send. In fact, from the very next email that you send, and you can get it completely for free. All you have to do is head over to emailmarketingheroes.com forward slash tricks, and you can get started today. He wants to learn to dance, but he's got no rhythm and crippling insecurities about it. It's comedy hypnotist Robert Temple. And there's a photo of him in a shirt and jeans. I'm surprised he's on a three-piece suit. On the beach in Phuket, Thailand, it's psychological mind reader, Kennedy. Okay, um, no rhythm. He's got no rhythm. There's no music. What's happening? I remember years ago doing a gig in uh, Mumbai, India. And I was there with uh, a magician pal of ours. And uh, after the gig, it was a big private party for this guy's 50th birthday. And um, so they flew out amazing entertainers from all over the world and me. And various things were going on. And afterwards, everyone was dancing and they're all so passionate and loving it. And it was amazing. And then I'm there sort of with a slight sort of dad dance. Oh, I didn't no. have kids. But our friend Keelan's a phenomenal ballroom, like world champion ballroom dancer or something. So he's whisking people around the dance floor. It's humiliating. So I want to learn to do a bit of that. Or at least be able to move without looking like a moron. <laughs> yeah, I can't dance for shit either, mate, to be honest. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, there is a photo of me, uh, since you asked. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can't hear whether the theme tune had ended or not, so I was sort of waiting for that to happen. Um, so, yeah, I basically, um, I was working on a cruise ship years ago now, and, um, yeah, I was like, ah, oh, because I, I, I was, like, dotting around one minute I'd be in Antarctica, then I'd be in Iceland, then Greenland, and then the next one was like, now you're going to Thailand. I was like, I haven't backed for this. So I'm there. I haven't never, I, this is my first ever time to Phuket, and I'm like, all right, everybody's like, yeah, let's go, Kennedy, let's go for, like, drinks on the beach. And I'm like, I'll meet you there. And there I show up, long sleeve shirt, button, you know, the whole thing, jeans, pair of dress shoes, and they're all like in their bikinis, they're all like dancers, and they're all like beautiful. And I'm like, hiya. Yeah, yeah there's a photo of me in a full, full get up. Clueless, Clueless, mate. Clueless. Completely unprepared. I should have just bought some on the, on the ship. Hello. Every week on this show, we show you how to make more sales and earn more, earn more money, easy for me to say, uh, with your email subscribers. We talk about email marketing strategy, psychology, tactics, and share what's working right now to make more sales online, making you the email marketing hero of your business. With a brand new episode every email marketing Wednesday, make sure you hit the subscribe button on your podcast player. Uh, and also snap a screenshot of this episode, share it on Instagram, tag us at Rob and Kennedy. We'd love to know what episodes are floating your boat and what you are listening to.
Awesome sauce. Rob, we've got our friend Melissa Litchfield in the wings. Uh, I've put a bit of tape over her mouth so she can't speak for a bit, but we'll get it, we'll take it off in a second. And one of these three things is true about our mate Melissa. Are you ready? I'm going to look away so I can't get like... Just so you know, full disclosure, because this is kind of silly. Um, two of these things are bullshit and not true about Melissa. I don't think. I mean, I'm waiting for the day we do this and they're like, shit, all, all three of those all weird those things are true. Are true. <laughs> all right. Straight faces. Here we go. I'm going to look away. Melissa perform an operation on a crocodile which ended in losing two teeth? Her or the crocodile? I don't have any more information. Okay. <laughs> uh, I can only read what's in front of me. Okay. <laughs> you sound like an exam invigilator. All the information's in the question. <laughs> can I forget about that? Oh, so, okay, so that's that one. Second one. Did she cry for one hour when one of her favorite Nemo slippers got covered in vomit? Or did she sneak off for a pee in a bush and came back covered in scratches from the thorns and got busted? I'm going to just go for it. Hell for leather. I think it was the Nemo slippers. Melissa, which one of those three things is true? Oh, the third one. Oh, I to, no. I had to go to the restroom really bad and came out with bloody legs from the thorns <laughs> that, like, running through. Oh, uh, in no. in um, Melissa's defense, yeah. she was next to like a lake or some water, so she was like, damn it. Yeah. Yeah. I, there was nowhere to go but in the bushes, and lo and behold, they were covered in thorns, so therefore I was as well scraped. And now With scarred both emotionally and physically. <laughs> My husband will never let that down. Yeah. Remember that time? Neither will our neither will our podcast listeners. They're gonna be like, remember that time? No, forever. She's gonna be known as Thorny right? Thorny Melissa from now on. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, let's not get even this. um Instagram knows that. So yeah, you got a little special <laughs> scoop <laughs> there. Let's get so, into the episode, shall we? Let's get into this, because you help a lot of people with launches and stuff like that through your work and through your agency and stuff, Melissa. Um, when people are sort of doing, looking at their launch, they've done a launch, they've done all the hard work, and now they're in the sort of autopsy phase of, of, their, uh, of their launch. They're sort of dissecting it and what happened and what worked well. Um, what do you find that people are mostly sort of looking at in this sort of post-launch phase to see whether it was successful or not? What are people looking at? Yeah, so more more often than not, most people come to me saying that I had a failed launch. I only mailed, right? Like I only made this amount of sales. Um, so they're looking at the end result, right? The revenue, how much revenue they brought in or how many sales or new students they brought into their program or their digital program or maybe they were doing like a digital product launch. Um, but I, I tend to ask a lot of questions after that because we need more information, obviously, right? So let's take it a step backwards. Um, you know, how many people showed up to your webinar? How many people showed up live? Um, were there, you know, did 50% of the leads drop off within the first five minutes? If that's a yes, it's usually like a hook issue, right? Um, and then I usually ask like, okay, well, how many people stayed until the pitch? And did you actually sell any, any, any of your programs or course spots live? Because that will really show how not persuasive, but like, were you actually hitting on the pain points and agitating their problem and showing that you had the perfect solution 
for them at that very moment in time. If not, you may have to rework your pitch, right? Um, so I tend to take them like a step backwards, step, you know, keep going backwards, keep going backwards. If, if for whatever reason, the webinar was perfect, right? Then I'm like, okay, well, what were the email open rates? So that's where we really dial in and dive into the email metrics. So I ask about email open rates, click-through rates, were there enough people even opening the emails? And if so, did at least 2% of those people that opened the emails even click through to your offer page? Um, so we can diagnose several steps within the funnel and even in the email sequences to really nail down, okay, what was the actual you know, thing that needs to be fixed or tweaked. Um, and then sometimes, I mean, more often than not, I feel like it's even a step back further than that, right? So how many people were on the actual webinar um, or how many people actually registered, right? If that number is less than 100 people, you probably just have a traffic issue, issue right? So you just need a bigger pool of people <laughs> um, signing up for the, the free event or whatever hype event that you're hosting. So I, I want to just like nail it home for your audience and, and listeners right now is that more often than not, it's like multiple things happening within the funnel. It's not just the ultimate end result, right? How much revenue or money was generated. Um, and I know that most people probably spend a ton of time, right? Lots of effort and time just prepping everything in you know basically in preparation for this launch um but it's not not to say that like you're you had a failed launch right or that your efforts didn't mean anything most of the time if your email open rates are great and your webinar metrics are great and you had enough people viewing your sales page um it could be one of two things usually it's a traffic issue or it's a messaging issue on the sales page so like if you're getting enough people clicking through to your emails which rob and kevin have an awesome resource that they mentioned early on this podcast. I kind of want to download that, how to how to get more clicks to your sales page. Um, so more often than not, I feel like it could either be a traffic issue or a sales page offer messaging issue if all of those other metrics sound perfect. So let's let's really zoom in on this because that's a really nice overview. And we're going to sort of get, in, get into the weeds of that a little bit more and get into the details. So I think you're right. I think it's easy for any of us who does a launch. They go, cool, like I've heard people do a launch and they make you know, I saw that person, they did a million dollars. And I quite, I think that'd be good. A million dollars in a day from a webinar. Brilliant. I mean, who doesn't want that? Of course, that's not the reality of the situation. Nobody did the million dollars in a day. That didn't happen, right? Ever. The million dollars in the yeah. day, that were well, maybe that's how much got banked in the day, but that was the result of days, weeks, months, pr probably years of tweaking, refining, building and lots of steps. So, I think you're right. right. It's very easy at the end of a launch to just look at the bank and go, how many sales do we, how much do we make? That, But that mm -hmm. actually is just an indicator. That is just an outcome metric. Yes, we should have goals around it. But actually, I, I find goals quite difficult, right? And it's a thing we constantly talk about in our business. You can't control the ultimate metric. What you can control is the process metrics. You can control, did we keep running enough traffic and put enough budget in to get the number of people registered in the first place? Did we get, mm -hmm. did we monitor each of the pieces along the way that we're going to get into? So I really like that perspective of, hey, stop crying over final numbers and go, okay, that was the final number. It was what it was. It was a result of the actions that we took. Let's reverse mm -hmm. engineer it. And looking at right. where is the biggest lever? 
what's the biggest opportunity? Because it's not always like really linear. Like the truth is, if your sales page is converting at 5%, you might go, that's good. You might go, that's bad. I don't care, right? Right, Does it but if work? you have a small amount of people if looking you've got at a small that amount page, of people, yeah. Exactly. If you've got 100 mm-hmm. million people looking at it and you've got a 5% conversion rate, you're going to have a lovely time if your economics are good, if your, if your price point means that you can make a lot of money there. So, yeah, okay. So client comes to you. They say, oh, Melissa, help, please. We only made insert number. Let's just call it. 100,000, just to make mm-hmm. it an easy number to talk about, right? I only <laughs> okay. made a measly, <laughs> terrible. I would terrible. never get out of bed for 100 grand, right? I only made 100 grand. I was expecting insert bigger number. What is the yeah. first thing you're going to look at? You're gonna, what's the first question? What's the first diagnostic you're going to take a look at? Yeah, I usually ask, well, uh, how many people were registered for your your hype event or your free challenge the conversion, or, or masterclass? Yeah, the conversion <laughs> yeah. event itself. That's usually, yeah. yeah, that's usually like my first question. And then I'm like, okay, now let's dive into the actual metrics of that live or hype event, right? Like sure. what was the engagement rate like? Or if you were hosting a webinar, how many people actually showed up, right? There's a lot of webinar metrics um, just tied to the actual webinar itself. So and, and you've got to show and, up right. You've got show up right. You've got, you've got all those sort of things if it is a webinar. But I think what's a really nice mm-hmm. metric to look at here is, okay, we had, um, let's say the outcome was we made 100,000 and you say, how many people did we have register for the event um, itself? And if that's 100,000 as well, you divide one number by the other and you go, well, for every person who registered, you made a dollar. That's right. not it's good enough. like your earnings per, per subscriber. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. exactly, exactly. So what we want to really be doing is going, cool, well, is our earning per registrant good enough? Is there a huge gap there, I guess, is what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like most of the, most of the times, like a, a really big indicator is like the drop-off rate. Well, like how many people are dropping off within the first five minutes of your webinar? Um, and and you you might have heard this in the industry, but I feel like most time when people like go evergreen, right? It's like they had like a, a few couple great live launches. And when they turn everything to like an automated sales system and they go evergreen, they don't do anything to the recording itself. And then people are are hanging out for like five, 10 minutes, waiting, just waiting for more people to hop on, you know? And it's like, they're, they're sometimes is a gap there, uh, a disconnect from going from live launching to going evergreen. And I feel like that's usually like one of the biggest indicators that I see just from my clients when trying to diagnose, you know, their newly turned evergreen webinar funnel. It's like the the recording, they kind of just, they took like the lazy way out and they're like, we're just going to pop the recording. <laughs> we're not going to do anything in recording. We're just going to run traffic to it. So, so yeah. I'm interested in your experience. Do you find that people have un- um, uh, higher expectations of, so for example, we've seen in the past, people have said, uh, oh, my click-through rate's really low. And we say, what is it? And they're like, oh, it's 12%. And we're like, no, 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 no. That, I, I realize you see that yeah. as low because it's way off 100%. I'd give but like, you that's... my first child if I got 12%. <laughs> Do you find that oh, people have unnecessarily gosh, yeah. high uh, expectations as to what a metric should be? Because, you know, tw- you know, two or three percent sounds like a low number because in most of our you know most if you went to um if you went to a doctor and said hey listen uh, how healthy am i as a percentage and they went oh like two percent you know you would you would panic so i think two (laughs) percent is a low number in most parts of life right but 
where does that sit in terms of this industry? Yeah. And I mean, you kind of have to think about, okay, what sort of call to action are you requesting from, you know, each person that's opening the email? Are you giving them some something for free to download? Obviously, your click-through rate should be a lot higher than 2%, right? But in terms of like sales emails, I find that it's normally in between like two to six for like live launches. For Evergreen, it's typically a little bit lower um, because, you know, you have like more excitement, more engagement when you are live launching. And there's there's like an active, you know, like set time and date period that the cart is closing. Um, but if you have super engaging, like storytelling type emails where um, you're literally like you're speaking to them, you know, and they're like, oh, my God, this is exactly where I am right now. Um, Rob has this product that can get me to this point where I'm looking to be. Um, and he has all this proof in his email showing me that, hey, he is the expert. He is the thought leader in this space. He has helped other people in my same situation achieve the, you know, the one desire that I have, whatever that may be. But yeah, so I really, I really think it comes down to um, the messaging in the emails um, and, the, you know, how, how engaging they are, obviously, like the, the click through rate too, I think also indicates how strong of an offer you have as well. That's interesting. And I think another thing to bear in mind as well with that is it's going to, de- your click through rate is going to depend on how blind or open the, uh, the result of the click is. So for example, if they don't know whether it's free or a paid offer, because you're saying, hey, I just made this really cool new thing, click here to find out the information, Mm -hmm. which is what we often start Mm -hmm. what we call a seed email with, then you might get a higher click-through rate on something more blind. But there there is lower, that's at the cost of buyer intent. What is the intent when they get to the page? You're going to get a lot more abandonment. You're going to get a lot more what they used to call bounce rate uh, back in the, well, I think SEO people probably still use that word, I guess, but I'm not in that world. But yeah. So yes, they do. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. Okay. I like that. So one, one of the things you've mentioned is, is webinars. You mentioned challenges too. both of those in both of those instances, they have like multiple steps to this process that you've got to push people through, which is both a challenge because yeah. with every step, there's a drop off, but it's also an opportunity because with every step, there's something to optimize. If it's just, I send an email to a sales page and then people do or don't buy, it's quite woolly as to like figure out where to figure out what to optimize. Whereas for example, we did a five day challenge a couple of years ago and we tried something we tried to be clever so we'd put an extra step in between the whole challenge was hosted in a facebook group so we put an extra step in between somebody registering and getting into the facebook group i can't remember what it was now but it was like a sharing thing or a tripwire or something or opt into a bot or something like that wasn't it and what we found is it just crippled the number of people who went from registering to actually getting into the facebook group and now we had our emails had to do a load of hard work after the fact to be like oh by the way don't forget to come and join the facebook group so again every step that you put in the place is a is a is a threat but it's also a big opportunity for like optimization and i guess where where in that process you know you mentioned a webinar and a challenge where in that process do you kind of start with it all yeah, and, and that is a good point to uh, mention about challenges is that it is a huge barrier to get someone from registering, right, from just like a simple opt-in page to actually physically <laughs> clicking to join a Facebook group. So it's interesting that you mentioned a survey because I, 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 I mean, you kind of said that it was a huge barrier, right, to getting people actually to convert from registrant to challenge participant. 
Um, so in terms of, of that, I mean, you can also, you can look at the number of registrants versus the amount of people in the challenge or in the Facebook group. Um, this has happened to, um, multiple of my clients. So like, you're not, <laughs> you're not the only one that struggles with this. Um, so what we try to do is make it super simple or easy, um, like a one click registration, especially if you're driving, you know, people existing to your like email list to a new challenge or a new um, webinar. So I feel like making it super simple for existing email subscribers and for new email subscribers, potentially having some sort of video on the thank you page with like the button right there below to click. Um, and also a series of emails, like driving them to join the Facebook group, like letting them know that it's very clear that like, hey, the actual content that you're looking for is going to be hosted in this separate group. All I have to do is click here to join. So um, one particular software that my clients have used is URL Genius. I believe that's what it's called. So instead of opening up like a browser sort of URL from the email, which then would force them to log into like their their Facebook account, which is a huge barrier, right? You can either pull like uh, the mobile link for like the actual group, which is what I do, it's free, or you can use a software like URL Genius where it would just automatically like open the app for them. So there's a couple of tech things that you could particularly do to you know, lessen the barrier to make it as easy as possible for that person to go from registrant to challenger. I think this is a really interesting thing when looking at your results to go, okay, let's look at the barriers we've accidentally created just by trying to do lots of things. Because there's so many things we love every new subscriber to do, isn't there? However they come in, we want them mm -hmm. to join our Facebook group and at the same time, take the survey and at the same time, whitelist our emails at the same time, we want them to reply to the email at the same <laughs> time, we want them to tell them which segment they belong to. And, at the same, and we could go on and we go, yeah, they're not going to do all of those things. Yeah. So thinking about, okay, we need them to get into one thing at a time and we need to do those things mm -hmm in the order for balancing us getting the result we want and not pissing them off and not having people feel that they're lost or like, I registered for this thing, but where the hell is the thing? And I think it's interesting to think, yeah. it's like the number of people, and when we've done this, you know, we just um, actually, are just about to change this. Um, when we were doing um, offers on webinars, we would send people from the webinar, here's the, the URL you need to go to. And there'll be like a summary page of what's in the offer. And then on that page, they click to go to the cart. And then our coach the other day was like, take them straight to the cart. We're like, obviously, you know, and we're not. We're obviously yeah. not doing that. Um, again, yeah. it's just like how many pieces of every time you add another thing and you're adding friction, which means some people are going to stop. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it's almost like, um, you know, in, in terms of like the cost per lead versus a cost per registrant, like your your ask is, and this is in terms of like advertising, but like your your ask is a lot higher versus like you giving something for free via a download that they consume at any point in time that's convenient to them versus them registering for a 60 minute webinar tomorrow at 3 p.m. you know so like your ask is a lot higher um and obviously there's an intent to learn and consume the content and eventually buy so that's yeah exactly what you're saying like there's only so many things that they can process at that time yeah and then just looking <laughs> and for the do and like yeah one call to action is is the goal because our, I mean, our email subscribers, they've got so many things going on, right? They've got everybody else our... asking them to take their call to action. That's the problem. Everybody's doing this email marketing yeah. stuff. It's, it's like, it's finally caught on. 
you're doing your job. Sorry. Well, you know, you know. <laughs> and I think the other thing you can do, of course, is to help with this reducing friction is you can make sure that one thing passes on to the other. So let's say, for example, you need somebody to register for a webinar. Okay. Then I guess on the next page, if you needed to have them fill out a survey because of something in your process, then make sure the mm-hmm. thank you URL of the of the survey that they go to is the page what they that need to go to next it could be the the facebook group it could be the whatever so make sure one thing is handing on to the next so that there is some kind of sense of flow i really like this idea of just i just want to step back again and just be like okay we often and we all do it like sit down and look at our final number of that launch and go that sucked rather than going yeah but which bit of it was the bottleneck which bit was the the squeeze that really took the motion out of it and you were saying when we were just chatting before we hit record here that you find oftentimes with clients, it's generally there's just not a big enough pool of people. It's just generally there's not enough registrants, which means it's traffic, right? Right. It's a traffic problem. It's not necessarily a conversion rate problem. Um, but in terms of just as an example, someone came to me in their DMs and they were actually from a different program that I'm com- I'm a conversion coach, Jen. (laughs) And they're like, Melissa, I just finished my launch. Like, and she gave me all the launch numbers and the stats. And I was like, okay, you made three sales. And I was like, well, how many people did you get, you know, to register for the webinar? And she was like, oh, 67. And I was like, oh, I was like, that's why. I was like, you just didn't have enough people. I was like, you had a decent conversion rate. I think it was around 5%. I was like, we just need more traffic. You need more page viewers to that registrant page. And then obviously, if it's converting above 30% or higher on the actual landing page, then we can expect to aim for like a higher, bigger number. So that way we have a, a bigger pool of data to look at in terms of, okay, was this actually a successful launch or was this just a traffic issue, mm. right? Yeah, I love it. I love yeah. it. Making sure you've got enough data. A lot of people go, oh, I didn't sell very many. And you go, how many clicks did you send to the offer? And they go, 12. And you go... You, unless you've got a hundred, we're like we're like a hundred clicks yeah. to anything, a hundred, because then you can get a percent. Unless you've got a hundred mm-hmm. people, there's not a percent on the table yet, you know. And you just think, there's, oh man, yeah. I didn't realize like it has to be a hundred. It does. Yeah, and, and honestly, sometimes it really is a numbers game, right? I think it's it's a numbers game at the top, right, top of funnel. And then obviously when you get to bottom of funnel, that's where the percentages and the data comes in. But yeah, it's sometimes it's a number game. It's not enough people just viewing that first top of funnel offer, which is usually your free free hype event. So. And in case it helps anybody listen, the way that we would we, the way we do this, I'm sure you do the same thing, Melissa. Maybe you've got a different approach. Definitely share it if you have. Is if we know we need to get a hundred people to see the webinar or the conversion event, the VSL, the whatever it is, right? Okay, we need to get 100 Mm -hmm. people to see that to see if it's going to convert, which means we need to get, if we're going to get a 10% of the people who opt in to actually watch the VSL, we need 1,000 people to register. We need to make sure that the the thing we're trying to ultimately measure gets 100 impressions. That might mean you might need 10,000 people seeing your ad to even get a hundred people. 30% of those. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. So you've got to reverse engineer those percentages to make sure you end up with that magic 100%. Like I said, this hundred is really important just because otherwise you don't even have a percentage to play with. Yes, honestly. And this ties back into like email list growth, right? Mm. Um, sometimes I'm like, okay, well, did you grow your audience in between each launch? by at least like 30%. And they're like, yeah, no, that my, my list has stayed the same. And I'm like, oh, okay. Cool. There's opportunity there. Sure. Right. Absolutely. So, yeah. Some, 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's really just, and that kind of ties into like, okay, it's not just sometimes just traffic, but are you also growing your email list, you know, consistently throughout that nurture period time before you even launch? That's yeah. also important to awesome. too. But that also helps with, you know, people viewing your um webinar registration page, you know, see more email subscribers. That's all. Yeah, I love it. This is such an interesting discussion, a way of thinking about this stuff and 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 really dissecting what it is that we've been working on. Um thanks so much for this chat. This has been really good fun. Just throwing this idea around. I've really enjoyed this chat. Uh, if people want to find out more about you, what you're doing and um how they can get in touch, where should they go? Yeah, lichfilmedia.org or on Instagram. Also TikTok as well. Litchfield Media is my handle. Um, I am really quickly a digital advertising agency. So I'm the CEO of Litchfield Media and we specialize in helping course creators launch and skyrocket their course revenue with paid traffic and sales funnels. Yeah. So if you want to find out about all the ways that Melissa can help you do that, definitely go and check out litchfieldmedia.org or Litchfield Media on the Instagram. Um, And you also get some great content and great tips and stuff along the way as well. Now it's time for this week's subject line of the week, subject line of the week. Melissa, you send a whole bunch of emails helping people with their launches, helping people write emails as a launch coach on other people's programs and stuff. Um, give share with us all a subject line that you just really like that has worked well for you or that you find interesting. Yeah. So we were talking about this before you hit record, but I feel like people love the tea. So if you have some sort of like gossip or intel, I mean, obviously you don't have to gossip in the actual email, but one recent subject headline that I sent was why I'm not joining another mastermind this year. And people are like, well, I want to know why, like why, why is she not joining a mastermind? Right. So I did get some email responses from that email, but people wanted the tea. They wanted to know. I like that. Why I'm not <laughs> joining another and then something that everybody else seems to be doing. It uh, sounds controversial. Right. Which mastermind pissed it's, her off? Am I going to get the, I'm going to get the lowdown mm-hmm. on this. I love that. I love it had that. a negative connotation, but like I put a positive spin on it, obviously. Yeah. And in the, in the inside yeah i think it's great that's this week's subject line of the week subject line of the week awesome source well melissa litchfield thank you so much for joining us on the email marketing show folks if you haven't already go check out melissa's content and if you haven't already also hit subscribe on your podcast player we're back next week for another email marketing wednesday on the email marketing show we'll see you there